Shout out our sponsors, GW Competitions. They run regular draws for you to win different prizes from cash to Rolexes to cars and all sorts. It's all legit and the draw is run through the Google number generator. And the prize is delivered the next day and if it's cash, it's transferred the same day. The draws are run on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. And you've got to be in it to win it. Back again, Big Ego Media. We've got a special guest today, none other than we, we, we go with Edwin, Uncle Ed. Edwin Jr., man. Edwin Jr. I mean, let's start with that. Why the name change? We all know you as Uncle Ed. Why Edwin Jr. now? I just said, listen, I'm going to use the name that my parents blessed me with, yeah. you know, 25 years ago on the 10th of April. So said so I use it because I felt as though with Uncle Ed, that was the persona. Mm. You know, that wasn't the real me. It was part of me. And I appreciate that stage in my life, you know what I'm saying? But Edwin Jr. is me, you know? So it allowed me now when I switched up, you know, the content and the work to just be me, you know? And it's not like, oh, this ain't Uncle Ed. No, this is Edwin Jr. This mm. is me. So I'm authentic of it and yeah, man. So is, is it, is, so I'm, I'm seeing Edwin Sr. as your father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Edwin, Edwin, my dad was Edwin the first, okay. Edwin Jr. And then my son will be Edwin the third. No, I'm working it out. <laughs> <laughs> Always the first one has to be Edwin. Okay, trilogy, yeah. trilogy. Yeah. So I mean, let's go back from the uh, very get go then, from the very start. So obviously, you just spoke about your father. Now, what's your background? Um, so I'm Nigerian. Yeah. My parents are Nigerian. Uh, my mom was born in Germany. I was born in Germany too. Okay. Um, don't ask me. I can't speak no German. Though. Okay. Um, oh, def- you in A one from the nine of them, man? There. Not Thomas Muller, them man. No, no, no. It's just. You stay there for a bit and then I've lived in the UK ever since, South East okay. London, not far from here. So yeah, yeah, this is, this is where I reside. So how, how was your upbringing? It was, it was, I can't complain. Obviously, you know, family growing up, it's not always perfect, but mm. you know, I'm very grateful for the opportunities I had. You know, I had obviously, um, you know, two lovely parents. Um, unfortunately, my dad passed when I was 11, yeah. which was tough for me because that was like a, you know, big figure in my life. Yeah. Um, it was just me, my mum, and my, bu- my brother. Yeah. Younger, uh, older? Younger. Yeah. Younger. So just me, and my brother. And um, yeah, um, obviously, my mum remarried. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, had to build that relationship with my stepdad, but we're good now. So it was, it was very interesting. I had a period in my teens where I was a bit rebellious. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not my dad. Like, why are you telling me what to do? Mm. You know, kind of thing. And I had to kind of grow up and mature there. Yeah. Which was, was a big I step mean, for me. What, what would you say was the, the main transition into your own behaviours after losing your father? Because everyone sees their father as that hero. So when that's yeah. all gone, what was that big sort of transition that you, you saw to change your own behaviours? That came later. Mm. That came really, I think that came many, many years. Because mm. my mum was single for, for a bit, for a while. She met someone, you know, a great guy. Um, I didn't take to him because mm-hmm. he was a bad person. But it's just, you know, as a teen, you know, as a, as a boy, you just think you're just the yeah. guy. Mm. So if someone just comes along who wasn't there from the start, you're like, don't tell me what to do, kind mm. of thing. But once I matured and I was like, yo, this man makes my mom happy. Yeah. And seeing my mom happy is everything to me. Then I was like, oh, 
I'm kind of the problem here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I did a lot of attempts to try and, you know, wreck that yeah. relationship as much as possible, but backfired, you know? <laughs> and how, 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 how was your sort of education at that point? Um, so I was sixth form going into uni yeah. at the time. And I think it was a good time for me as well because um, my mum was obviously out the city. Yeah. You know, so she's moved out of London now. So it was kind of just me in London. Yeah. Then I went to uni in Birmingham. And it was just a whole different kind of, you know, yeah. scenarios, meeting people. I was on my own yeah. from early. You know, I started the support of my mom and stuff yeah. like that, but I had to live on my own. Yeah. You know, and that kind of shaped me into who I am today, really, to be honest. So I mean, yeah. I, I said this also academically was quite intelligent and for you to finish school, college and go to university. You <laughs> was, was okay. I was okay. You know what's funny? I had a uh have trouble sometimes when I'm writing, like I have to reread over stuff a couple of times, isn't it? Yeah. So I called my mom the other day and I was like, Ryan, I was like Mom, am I, am I dyslexic? She was like, yeah, you've been that for years. I said, you don't want to <laughs> tell me? Okay. She said, nah, I didn't want it to be a hindrance. I said, you're just telling me now kind yeah. of thing. But in terms of academic, I was all right. Yeah. You know, I was all right. I, I passed, did what I had to do, you know, and some like classes I was top set. I don't know how yeah. I finessed it, you yeah. know, like in English, my English is terrible. You know, and it's my only language, but somehow I was top set there. So, academically, I was okay. Yeah. I was okay. I mean, I've, 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 I've been to your house before, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of in London, but kind of outskirts of London, yeah. if I want to say. Would you say that was kind of key to kind of keeping you off the streets and out of trouble compared to what you see in more sort of inner London? Like if we're talking about your Peckhams, your Hackneys, yeah. your, you think that would play the key, key role? I think it did a lot. Yeah. I think, you know, my mom obviously had to work hard to get to where she was, you know, at. You know, it wasn't always like that. Um, and that's why it was a big inspiration for me. You know, especially like women in my life, like my mom and my grandma, who've always just been like, work, work, work hard, work hard. I've seen that. So when my mom's now put us in this place, which is not too far from London, but that kind of thing, it, it helped us because, you know, my mom was strict with it. Yo, don't go out late kind of thing. Don't do this, don't do that. And I was like, oh man, mom, how can I, you know, it's the party, you know, finishes, it was just started at 10. How can I get home for 10, 30, all that kind of thing. But it really did help me because mm. it showed me that, listen, hey, I'm trying to help you out, mm. you know? So at the time it didn't make sense, but now growing up, I'm like, I'm grateful now that she obviously did that, put us in the right place, taught us the right principles, made sure there was male figures in our life, which is obviously missing a lot in our community. Yeah. So. I was blessed for that. In terms of uni, what did you go to study? So I did uh, business management first. Did that for a year properly. Then I did another year of doing absolutely nothing, basically. So I changed my course. Mm. Started doing media, which was great. But they didn't let me finish because I did an extra year because I was doing nothing, okay. basically. So I was basically doing four years in Birmingham, had no degree, and I just got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned up September, Monday morning, ready to do second year of media, and they were like, you got to pay nine bags. Yeah. I said, how? <laughs> what, 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 straight away? Mm. Yeah, straight away. I was like, okay, cool. Call my mom. She's like, you know, should we take our loan, do this? And I was like, I think it's time to actually sit off on comedy properly. Because yeah. I'd been doing it. I mean, let's, I mean b b before yeah. you even get there, so mm -hmm. what was your early interest as a teen? Like, I'm assuming football. You, 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 yeah, yeah football. Yeah. Did football a lot, obviously in school. I knew football was dead from the moment, you know, that I was picked for district. Yeah. 
um, in the borough, which is kind of like a big thing yeah. in school. And I got subbed three times. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's, I, I think you get subbed maybe twice, but yeah. three times I was like, no, I was taking a risk. Yeah. Like I was just not in the game at all. And I was just like this, from that moment, I said that. Nah. But I'd always kind of been that guy in class that was- The class clown. I wouldn't say the class clown, but every parents evening, he's a good student, but he gets distracted, yeah. you know? Kind of cool with everybody, didn't really cause any trouble, wasn't in beef or anything like that. Mm. Liked to make people smile. I pissed off the girls because they were just like, who the hell is this guy? Kind yeah. of. But I was just that guy, lively, bubbly, always smiling. And uh, my mom always said, you're, you're definitely going to do something TV-wise or just something, something yeah. along media, you know. But, you know, she always kind of just supported from there. So did you think you were going to be a comedian? Would you think I would do stand-up or... I mean, how, what was your first sort of thing that you put out there? So the journey started actually before that. Before that, like I said, I was, I was into a lot of things. I just like to, you know, be about lively, just doing all these kind of things. And then this uh, company called Arts Train, they would come into schools because um, we're like a music specialist school. Yeah. They would come into our school and then after, you know, lessons and stuff, they would... Um, record mm. songs for us you know they, they bring the equipment and teach us how to rap you know teach us how to play the drums whatever we kind of wanted to do so there was this group of us five of us and around this time my favorite genre funky house was was yeah. popping so we made a funky house tune mm. you know it was along the lines like funky funky fresh fresh funky it's just basic mm. right we didn't think nothing of it recorded it and then they put us on this small kind of um event thing yeah. like bigger fish popped off there yeah, yeah bigger fish popped off there then they put us on a festival like ten thousand people this was dappy's first individual show yeah. the saturdays were there the oily mars were there and we performed there and it was crazy like yeah girls like ah, <laughs> we were like 15 these yeah. times so i was gassed got to got to our heads shouldn't have i remember mm. one of the mentors there was like don't let it get to your head mm. it did and then it just stopped from there kind of thing so from there i was like okay cool music I'm not really a rapper. The lifestyle is too fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was like, comedy. Mm. So 10 years ago, Kene Wolf, me, and a cameraman, Rush Hour, in an African attire, were just filming a Versace remix, yeah. the Drake song that he did yeah. with Migos. So I just did an African remix to it. Just comedy bars, because around the time, my inspiration then was like um, a Squeezy, Jazzy, they were doing the parodies. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to make my parody, did it. You know, I even tried to mimic the African accent. My African accent is bad, <laughs> you know, all of that. And then I was doing the music parody kind of thing. Mm. Um, but like I said, the African thing wasn't clicking. Yeah, where were you putting that on YouTube at the time? It was on YouTube. So all that was going on my YouTube. I think in, I was in at the time, but I was thinking was Instagram popping at that point? Not, ju not it, just yet. Yeah. Was it even not, around? It wasn't even around, I think it was it. Facebook. It was more kind of Facebook. Yeah. So around that time, I then did a show lunchtime in my uh, school mm. so basically i just i was like i'm gonna do it in the lunch hall where nobody has a choice in it you're yeah. just gonna see we perform so we perform some of the songs i recorded you know uh many different ones i remixed hustle hard I called it hustle yam mm. uh did many i did chris brown loyal did a remix of that saying girls ain't loyal all of that performed it there and then went to uni now and this is when instagram was starting to pop up this is around 18 19 yeah so i kind of the parodies were kind of there but i was like let me do the videos now mm. so 
I started doing more of like the relatable, how girls act, how man them act, relationships, all that kind of thing that I kind of knew rather than doing what I thought I kind of knew. I mean, I mean, not to cut you there, because yeah. I mean, that's how I became aware of you. My cousin mm-hmm. would send me a video of yours and go, oh my God, look at this video. Then it would just be certain that we are late so much and we were busting up. <laughs> I mean, so it was these all experience that you'd been through yourself or that you'd heard, because some of these stuff, I know stuff like, how the hell did he go through that as well, kind of thing? So what 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 was it? Was it was you hearing stories or was it just like your own? It was a it was a mixture. It was, it was obviously me like making up stuff mm. for what was realistic and some of the stuff I'd been through and then mixing it together. Yeah. So like predicting what I thought would happen or adding a spin or twist to it. So that's how it kind of came along. Mm. And that's when it started to pick up, you know, because it was like, oh yeah, people relating to it. Oh no, I relate to this and this. And like you were saying, mm. oh yeah, how does he know this? How that's how it kind of picked up. From there, from there, and then the Instagram was growing, growing, mm. growing for years, for years. Um, I hadn't started doing stand up yet. I think the first, I've been told for years, do stand up, do stand up. And I was, I was shook. Mm. And I was like, I don't wanna do that. I don't go on stage. You know what I'm saying? And then one of my, uh, a mentor of mine to this day, I call him my comedy dad, because mm. he was the person that put me on. His name's like Smash Entertains, yeah. or Entertainment, sorry. And when I was in Birmingham, he runs like big shows there, okay. always sells out. So he just told me, messaged me on the gram. He's like, come and do a show. Like, come and, you know, do a spot on my show. Like, 10 minutes, stand up. And I was like, calm, this is going to be easy. Mm. You know, I, I, was, I was lively. I was like, yeah, my Instagram's picking up. It's going to be easy. So went there, didn't tell nobody because yeah. I was breaking it, mm. right? At the time, my girlfriend, my ex, she came. But all like her friends that I don't like, <laughs> man, them came that I didn't think were gonna come, and I was like, oh god, cool. Started doing the jokes. I thought I could do the stuff how I laid out on Instagram on stage. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, what's up? And so like, <laughs> girls in the club, right? No, <laughs> okay. And it just, and from there, I was disheartened. But Smash was like. Oh, you were good. What are you, what are you talking about? Mm. Like you just didn't know how to finish. You didn't yeah. know how to just close it. So left stand up, mm. kept doing the videos. Three years later, shout smash again. I was like, I'm ready. I want to take this stand up thing. Like, had you been sort of writing? Yeah, it just it was a, it was a spur of the moment kind of thing, and it was just sitting on my heart for a while. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do open mics before I do the big shows. I'm going to mm. do open mics. So I did like uh, Junior Booker. He's like a comedian. Did all these kind of shows around London. Bombed heavy. All of that kind of thing, went funny for a while, and then I jumped on the show. And I remember Smash before was like, you know, do you need help? Do you want to do it? I was like, no, nah, I got this. Mm. This is just me. I wrote, cool. And then that show, I smashed it. Okay. And he was like, wow. You know, so from there, continued doing stand up. Obviously, I still bomb to this day. Mm. I still tell jokes that fail. That's, that's the life of a comedian. Yeah. But the confidence picked up from there, which was. I mean, how, how, how yeah. does that how, how, how does that like feel? Because I, mm-hmm. I like to think myself of being funny sometimes, right? And even when I was in jail, mm-hmm. I wrote a comedy routine that yeah. I still got to this day. <laughs> and every time I read it out to my bedroom, they're like, oh my God, you should do this. It's funny. But is that fear of going to do that and everyone's thinking, how do you overcome that? Because it is, you go on stage, it's something that you're really passionate about. You do a joke and nobody laughs. That must like kill your self-esteem a little. Best way I can say is get over it. Mm. So what's the worst they're gonna get? are gonna die. People are just not gonna laugh at your jokes. No one's gonna care at the end of the day. You're gonna go home, everyone's gonna forget that you told bad jokes. Mm. And you come again and improve it. Like, everyone thinks they're funny. Yeah. 
you know, but being a comedian is different. Mm. You can be a comedian not, and not be funny. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? You can be funny and not be a comedian. Like, there's a skill to it. It's well, a science. Like Kevin Hart, people say they say that a lot about him, that he's a comedian, but he's not that funny. But I don't know. I think with Kevin Hart, like I said, like, for me, I used to find Kevin Hart much funnier back in the day. But I think now, I because of I the you. audience now, it's it's not catering to us. Yeah. But he's on a much bigger scale now. You know, he's he's got a lot of other things to worry so about. It, 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 it's a lot to do with the demographic that you're catering to. Them. Yeah, like he can still sell out stadiums. You know, people. He's got a massive fan base. Like I said, it's just he's grown from the point where he was at before that we used to like him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I still think that if I was sitting down with Kevin up right now and we have a conversation, it'll make me bust up because mm. I see him doing interviews and I laugh. Yeah, you know. But with stand up, I'm guessing he just has to kind of water it down because of his audience. You know, he's got a younger audience now and a wider range of people he has to kind of cater to. So, yeah, yeah you know, to so, be fair. I mean, so why you're, you're, you're doing this now, your Instagram is picking up and how are you feeling about yourself? It's like, oh, people enjoy, are enjoying my thing. How, how's that making you feel that people are actually engaging and liking and following? It's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's nice, of course. You know, I'm, I'm not letting it get crazy to my head, but it's nice. You know, you go on the street, people recognise you. You're getting love, you drop videos and all this kind of thing. But the thing was, and I always said from the jump, even before I came on Instagram is, there's a ceiling and I can't just be on Instagram. Mm. I can't just be this person that just stays here. Because before me, I'd seen many, you know, I would say, I wouldn't say comedians, I'll say many um, entertainers, big kind of people that made us laugh fall short yeah. because for me they didn't have the next step yeah. you know which is I don't want to say it's mainly their fault but it's kind of hard it's like okay you're popping Snapchat Instagram all these kind of things it's like okay cool what's the next you know what I'm saying it's like an artist releasing singles okay where's the album yeah. it was like that and I'd seen that with many different you know entertainers like, okay cool they're funny like they're spontaneous funny but when it's planned now they're not they don't have it there, so I, mean, I made sure I had. I mean, to. that's why I, I think I reached out to you two years ago, and I was saying, I was, I was saying to my my my, my vision at the time, I was saying, I can see a lot of these guys, they're doing these things, but how are they monetizing? So even when I've hired you to do speeders for me, I said to you, I'm gonna give you more than I should give you. And you know what? I was even gonna mention at the beginning. I was yeah. gonna say. Thank you very much for that yeah. because for the money you paid me, I obviously got equipment which helped me obviously make. The, the car in that we'll talk about later but okay. yeah I like to this day I still appreciate it yeah, you know what I'm saying I, I, I just want to say you should value yourself because I was saying mm. that someone said why are you giving that much I said it's not it's for him to value himself and say you know what actually I'm putting in the work and I deserve to, to do to do more so mm. thank god it's, 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 it's yeah exactly you know like, to that point so I mean let's, let's so your content was mostly at the time about relationships and it built up again. And sometimes it was on the risque. I mean, we'll get to the more controversial stuff in a moment, mm. but like, it was a lot of sex talk and that. I mean, doing that at the time, was it a thing that way you thought this is what everyone wants to hear? And was you thinking, oh, what's my mum gonna say about this? And how the public gonna take to it as well? So what was your thinking around that sort of, sort of comedy? Um, what did my mum think? At before, the videos before were kind of calm. Yeah. To be fair, compared to what I do now, mm. like back then it was kind of calm. I was doing a lot of, like you say, the sex stuff. I was kind of limited in what I was doing. It was like, okay, cool. It's funny, but I know this guy's going to do something about relationships or something like that. I know what's coming kind mm. of thing. And what you said about, was I doing what people wanted? Yes. 
before. When I was Uncle Ed, 100%. Yeah. I knew exactly what would work, like, all the time. Or more time. I mm-hmm. knew, okay, cool. If I drop this, it's going to get a certain amount of retweets. It's going to get love, that kind of thing. And I did that for a while. But within me, that's not me. Like, yeah. I'm the type, I, with my boys and everything, I like to joke about anything. Mm. You know, no holes bar. I just like to just straight up. You know, that's just how I've been, especially my comedians that yeah. I like. You know, they, they didn't have a filter. I'm not saying they just said whatever, but they just didn't have fear in what they were saying. They expressed how they felt. And like when I was with my boys, that's what I would do. But then it didn't make sense that I'm doing comedy and behind the scenes, I'm making these kind of jokes and I'm talking about whatever. But then when I'm actually doing it for people to see, I'm not doing it. So that was the conflict for a while. It was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm just going to drop this. I even hated, at a point I started to hate like, posting it so i started to switch a little bit yeah so i drop in little bits in the relatables that were just way off mm. like a twist that was just way off like a people like her but because it was mixed with a relatable it was like okay cool mm. did that did that and it got to a point just before quarantine where i was like okay cool i'm gonna take some time out you know and i'm just gonna just make the step make the decision to switch it up Mm. completely drastically because yeah. I was like whatever I mean before you switched it up yeah. you've done a few controversial ones I mean what I mean one of them I was busting up like I was literally gonna wee myself right? are you allowed to say that I don't want to I don't want to mess up the the, the brand and that no to I'm, say like, you? I'm, yeah, but like, I'm like why not why not yeah but it's on you I mean I, yeah I mean there was the, the, the there was one where I think you took it too far mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I went on your page recently, I realized it's not there no more. Mm-hmm. The one on Jesus, mm-hmm. I mean, what was going through your mind when you decided to do that one? Can I ask before, are you, are you from a religious background? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what was it that you decided to take it that far? Okay, cool. It's kind of hot in it before, <laughs> you know, people think that, yo, Bobby's putting the questions, it's very hot and we can't put on the fan. But um, yeah. That video, I think at that point, that was a very important time for me mm-hmm. in my career, I think. Very telling because I don't regret doing that video mm-hmm. and I'll explain. Um, but I think it could be executed much better. Yeah. And I understand now how to do it, if I was to do it, the platform to do it and all of that. So when I say I don't regret doing it, I feel it allowed me now to understand how to touch on certain subjects, to have reason behind it, to have a, a learning point, so it doesn't seem as though you're just being offensive for the sake of being offensive. I mean, I never wanted to be yeah. offensive for just, just to piss off people, just yeah. for no reason. I, for me, it was a thing where I wanted to, well now I want to pick out the humor and try to um, have conversations through that video, if that makes sense, or through what I'm talking about, you know? so. I don't mind the mixed opinions. I don't want everyone to kind of agree with me kind of thing, but I want people to watch or hear what I'm saying and leave thinking differently than how they did before they came. I, I, I hear you, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, especially with that video, <laughs> what was the message that you were trying to get to the people? That's what I'm saying. At the time, I didn't know. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? I love South Park Family Guy. Let me try this. It seems funny to me. Yeah. And then I've done it now. It's getting laughs. 
I put off my phone, I come back and I'm like, yeah, like, you know? So I saw, like I said, what I could have done and what I shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I don't regret not putting it out there because it taught me what not to do and what to do. Because what people have said to that as well is that Christianity is an easy target. But then you've done one on that's the, the, thing. the, the Islam one with, yeah. the, with the foot. Yeah. I think you deleted that one as well. No, that's still there. That's still there. That's, that's what, but the thing is, everyone was like, oh, you, you love attacking Christians and stuff like that. I did, you know, two, two videos. Yeah. I, and I've, I've, I don't just target one kind of demographic. I like to, like I say, if, 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 um, if none of it's okay, my phrase or a phrase I've learned is, if none of it's okay, then, you know, I said it all wrong. I said, if one thing's not okay, then nothing is kind of thing. So yeah. it should all kind of be. So I've, I'll tack, like I said, religion, you know, gays, uh, this, that, whatever kind of thing. Like I wasn't would just- you, would, would you get any threats in your DMs after you've done some of those things? Yeah, like it, it's crazy because I did, the first Christian one I did was the, uh, the um, heaven and hell one. Mm. So kind of perception of hell and heaven. Like, what is it like when we get there kind of thing? I mean, thing. That, that one, I was... Is that one... Exactly. Not to, not, to, not to ruin the kind of, you know, yeah. punch of it. But that one, that was before I did the, the Jesus one. So I was a bit confident. I thought, yeah, let me try the Jesus one. And Jesus one didn't really work. So I was like, okay, cool. But I wasn't scared of that. So I was like, okay, cool. The, the, the Arab strip club one. So mm. I was like, let me try that. And I was like, okay, cool. I've learned from my other videos. Let me see how I can execute it. It still got backlash, mm. like I said, which is funny because on Twitter, it was like a war zone. It was like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. Instagram was mixed. Everyone was just fighting each other in the, in the comments. I find it funny. He doesn't find it funny. And then on TikTok, it got like 3 million views. Mm. And everyone, like most people just loved it. So to me, I was like, okay, certain places like this and certain places don't. Yeah. So it was just that kind of thing, which I kind of learned from it. Really, so I mean, going forward from that, is it a thing that where you kind of have to watch out for yourself? Like, because like I said, some people are very sort of strict about their religion; they don't want to take any offense. Is so a thing that where because of the offense that it may have caused you, like, oh, I better be wary if I'm going to certain places. Or is it like, you know what, guys, I'm just a comedian, man. It's I, like, I think what I it hate. taught me a lot was if I'm touching on these more sensitive topics like race and religion to let it come from a place of, how can I explain it? Basically let it come, let it not just be me trying to be just offensive for no reason. Let yeah. it come like I'm trying to educate or I'm trying to show a kind of story behind it, some kind of reasoning so people can see the other side yeah. rather than just, hey, yo, this and this, because anyone can be offensive, mm. but when you twist it and pluck the humor from the deepest parts of it, that's being clever now. Yeah. And that's what top comedians and top writers do. So that's something I've learned and I'm gonna keep learning because I'm, like I'm not afraid to touch on these subjects. I think they're there so we can poke fun at them. You know, it's, it's, it's not every day, you know, try and not offend because you're always gonna offend someone. Mm -hmm. This podcast here is great. You're gonna offend someone. I don't like how the light's purple. I don't like how he wore a PSG. I support mm. Monaco. Like there's always gonna be something. Mm. So you can't think, oh my God, I'm not gonna say it because it's gonna offend someone. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously have skill in if you're touching any subjects. And yeah, that's, that's something I've like, learned from it, to be fair.
I think at one point, I might be wrong here. Mm-hmm. You had something like 120,000 followers? Yeah, yeah. I lost. You lost about 30,000. 30, 40,000. I lost 30, 40,000 on Instagram. Since the start of Corona to mm-hmm. now, I'd lost 30,000. That's, that's a, I mean, I don't have 40,000 followers. It's so crazy. To, to lose 45,000, did, did, did you have regrets over that? It's. it's Cause at the 40, time, that's 45,000 potential consumers. 100%. But then at the same time, I look at it as a plus because I don't want to say I'm getting rid of Deadwood. But it's like I'm getting rid of people that don't, you know, mess with that kind of work. Because yeah. like I said, I'm more happier than I, I you know, have ever been with yeah. my work. At a time when I was booming and all that, I wasn't really happy. Yeah. So to me, if I'm not happy, then it's going to affect my work. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the fact that I'm doing what I kind of want to do now, and it's got rid of the people that don't like it, which is fine. You don't have to. It's cool because I've lost 40,000, but now I've gained 35,000 on TikTok. Yeah. I'm not really, I don't care too tough about numbers, but it's just an interesting thing to just clock. It's like, I've gained that on another booming kind of platform. Instagram's going down anyway. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing TikTok's a place to be, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a new kind of program. Because Instagram, the algorithm, algorithm, sorry, Mm. is all kind of messed up. So TikTok have come along with this new booming app, you know, and I used to think, it's just a kid app, you know what Mm. I'm saying? But... It's actually a real... No, I thought, I thought as well. For a long time, I was like, oh, my daughter's on that app. But then my, my agent said, no. You have to did, be. You need to be on TikTok. Instagram's on its way. It's not going to die, but it's going to be a bit like Facebook is for a certain generation. So you need to be over there. Yeah. I mean, it brings me, uh, before we finalise, to the next thing you sent me yesterday. <laughs> the cartoon. I woke up this morning and I was literally laughing. I mean, not to sort of spoil it for anyone. I mean, first and foremost, you tell us, what's the cartoon all about? So the cartoon is basically this world I've I've made of everyone's favorite, you know, UK artists, celebs, these kind of thing, and I've put them in these scenarios which are, you know, extreme, you know, centric, all of that kind of thing, and just poking light your know, humor mm-hmm. out of situations, you know, and, and their personalities and stuff like that. So you know, it touches on um, you know satire, it touches on certain things that have happened, certain situations. And also as well, I've made up like stories based on their personalities, you know, and made episodes out of it, for example. So I'm not sure when this will come out, but by the time it does, the first episode will be out. You know, it's got people like Wiley, Stormzy, Pastor Toby, ZZ Mills, Dave, Young Ads, Ed Sheeran, Tim, everybody. How many episodes have you already got done? So I've done nearly three now. Nearly three. How many are you looking to have in the series or is it going to be just ongoing? It's, it's kind of ongoing because it's difficult because what people don't understand with animation, like when you see TV ones like Family Guy, South Park, that takes six months to make one yeah. episode. Obviously, they have the big production and all of that. So they're able to do a whole season, six to eight months. Obviously, I had the animator and me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, the team that were doing the voices, but it took a while. It took a while, so it's not easy. I mean, how did it even come about, like, in terms of getting the, the animator and... So, how it started was quarantine just hit. Actually, go back even then, I was doing night shift in Sainsbury's, 2019. Yeah. And on my breaks, like, you know, after doing just a mad long shift, you know, you're not really talking to anyone, you're just stacking meat on the shelves, all that kind of thing, you know. And during my breaks, I lo- I've been loving cartoons mm. since I was a kid. All types of ones like Recess, Galactic Football, you know, Fairy Old Parents, and then obviously the adult ones like Family Guy, South Park, American Dad. So I used to watch them. Mm. So after I was doing that, I'd watch them on my breaks. And I remember I was watching Recess and just 
it made me relive my childhood a bit, yeah. you know, while I was in this kind of shitty job. So once I was watching it, I was like, I, I want to make a cartoon. Mm. What else am I doing? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, cool. Planned it, did this whatever, and I kind of left it. A couple months went by, Corona hits, yeah. you know, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And then my guy calls me, he's like, okay, cool. I know you just started doing stand-up, it was popping up, but you can't do it now. So what can you do? What mm. ideas do you have? And I was like, I got a cartoon. And my guy Ish, big up Ish, he was like, do that. I focus on that, do it. So I was like, okay, cool, I don't know what to do. I've never wrote anything longer than a minute. Yeah. I've just been doing Instagram skits for like six years. I don't yeah. know how to write a story, I don't know nothing. So I was like, okay, cool. Did learning, watched a lot back of my cartoons, seeing the different techniques, how I can do that. I wrote several amount of scripts that were like dog pile mm -hmm. that will never come out, mm -hmm. but I had to practice, practice throughout the summer, I did that. And then I went about finding animators. I went through three. Mm -hmm. I went through um, one outside of the country that, you know, didn't know anything <laughs> about UK artists, you know, so I wasted my time there. There was another one as well. He ran with my money, you know. Wow. He actually started a project mm. that annoyed me because it wasn't just the peas, it was the time. Because mm. he had the file for four months. He sent me the, you know, he gassed me up and I was, I was like, yeah, he, he did the designs of the characters, everything. It looks sick, mm. you know. He held the file four months and then he was like, my guy, man, I got corona, I can't even, mm. I can't even do it. You know? <laughs> I'm just ill. He sent me, you know, uh, a, a selfie of him looking like he was going through chemo. <laughs> No hair, everything. I was like, damn. And then got the money back after another month. So it's been an extra five months. So we're in like February now. Yeah. And then I found an animator, uh, Ad Snaps. He'd done a lot of, he's done like KSI kind of clips and all these kind of things. And funny enough, I shouted him before I shouted the last animator. Okay. So I went back to him and yeah. I was like, what can we do? And he's like, listen, I love the idea. Let's work. And then went from there with him. So did that and we're here today basically i mean like I, said, I wish it today it's funny yeah. right it's, it's, it, it, it it does have the whole south park you can see it's heavily influenced by south park mm -hmm. it can be seen as offensive to mm -hmm. some rapper i mean i mean if they're looking at it in a way that you know what it, it's, it's banter they're like oh yeah just banter mm -hmm. But do you ever have a feeling that people will think oh is this guy trying to take the piss out of me he's taking for a prick it's all based on, like I said, it's um, one thing I had to make sure I did with this was it's all based on how they portray themselves. Yeah. So I might exaggerate a little bit, sort of but it's it, like, yeah. I'm not going to, for example, if this person hears this, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's this and the complete opposite. Mm. It wouldn't make sense. So it's all based on like their personalities, how they kind of portray themselves. And then I just kind of just tweak it a little bit to yeah. make it more entertaining yeah. and then Go from there kind of thing but it's comedy like yeah. i say i got the disclaimer at the beginning so no one could try to sue me i've mm. you know i chatted to the lawyers and stuff like that but it's not that i'm not afraid i'm not saying i'm untouchable mm. but like i'm more fo i'm not even i don't even think of that i'm more focused comedy, on yeah. yeah i'm just focused on making that like, people laugh and judging from the feedback because i kind of i did a technique of leaking it yeah you know so i just, just here's a private link here you go guys and whoever messaged me could get it and people watching it and they were giving feedback yeah. like, this is different i love it and that to me like really warms my heart yeah. because it's that's what i kind of wanted i wanted people to just i wanted to give content to the uk i wanted to give something different that wasn't wait, wait, already wait, out there where do you, you want to take it 
as big as it can be. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really thinking numbers and, and money and all that. Like I said, I just want to be able to just keep making them consistently. For the time being, it's kind of on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. I'd obviously had conversations with a few um, big, you know, platforms, you know, in the in the scene. Mm. But I was just like, cool. I've got my um, my media company here as well. Yeah. I've got the comedy club. Let me just push it on my own accord, kind yeah. of thing, you know, and and see how it goes, man. And just push through that way. So when is it? When when can we catch the first episode? So the first episode coming out tomorrow, Wednesday. Okay. So, like I said, by the time this movie comes out, yeah. yeah, it'll be out. Um, it'll be it's on Eagle Eye Entertainment. Um, the YouTube it's called Rap Tunes. So rap T O O N S, and the first is Saving Drill. So yeah. No, nah, like I said, I find it funny, and yeah. for me, like I said, um, I've been following your journey for a little while. From like I said, my cousin will send me videos ago. This is exactly like us, or this was this. Remember this, and it just made so much sense, but. Look, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Edwin, as we were saying, that Uncle Ed is not being laid to rest, but he's yeah. the person we, we go to know. But now you're evolving into a man, per yeah. se, now. So mm-hmm. I wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. Let's see how far we can take it, man. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Bobby, man. Love, man. <laughs>